Welcome to the WP Tonic WordPress and SaaS podcast. Jonathan Denwood and his co-host Stephen Souder interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Take it away, guys. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 673. We've got a great guest I've got a a semi-new co-host, but he's well known to the tribe. And it should be a great show. We've got our guest is Josh Hall. And my co-host this week, and might be in the coming weeks as well, is the only Andrew Palmer. Uh, I'm going to let Josh quickly introduce himself. So, Josh, can you quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure thing. It's great to be here with you guys on the show. Uh, I'm Josh. I am a web design coach. So I help web design freelancers essentially build their dream web design business, whatever that looks like. If they want to have a small team or they just want to be a solopreneur or if they want to scale, uh, I can help them out with that as well. So that's what I'm all about nowadays as a web design coach. That's great. And I've got my New co-host, well, Stephen's going to be coming back. Uh, I'll, I will be telling you more tribes soon. Um, Andrew, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Andrew Palmer from Bertha.ai and WPPluginsPlus.com. And I've, uh, I've been a co-host on this part of the show before, but I normally appear on the WP Tonic uh, Friday show, but I'm pleased to be here. And it's, lo- it's a long time I've not seen or spoken with Josh, so it's really good to see him. Cool. I thought that's why Andrew was here. He just wanted to chat with me again. I thought that's what yeah, the case true. was. True, true. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Um, before we go into this great interview, we've got a message from my one of my major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you are just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. We're coming back and if you, um, Castos is given the tribe a great special offer plus some of the other sponsors, plus some great recommendations of plugins and services that have all been checked over by myself and the panel. To get all that, all you have to do is to go to WPTonic slash recommendations and you find all the goodies there. So, Josh, let's go straight into it. So, um, give give us um, some background because uh, you run a successful web design agency for a number of years. How did you get into the crazy world, as I classify it, as web design and div- online development? How did you get into it, Josh? Yeah, I thought I was kind of a black sheep. I thought it was very weird how I got into web design, but apparently it's pretty normal. Um, I started out as a musician. 
I was a drummer in a rock band and I was actually a cabinet maker for a tour bus customizing shop. And I'm sorry, I got- Josh, I have to interrupt you there. You oh, said sure. you were a musician and then you said you were a drummer in the same breath. What happened? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm a drummer, musician and a divvy guy. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm checking all the boxes here. Uh, yeah. You know, we're the most important drummers. Anywho. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was a drummer in a rock band. We were traveling around and I was a cabinet maker. Long story short, I got laid off with my cabinet making job in 2009. And I always liked art and I always enjoyed drawing. And uh, I decided since I was also in the band that I would dive into Photoshop. And then I started designing our t-shirts, our CD artwork, all of our merchandise. And then I'll never forget, I was we were playing at a festival and somebody came up to us and said they loved our artwork and they asked who did it. And I said, I do. And then they asked, how much would you charge to do ours? So it was like the light bulb went off and that was my first big light bulb moment that said, wow, I could actually do design and get paid for it and actually do something I like doing. So that's got what got me into design. And then I worked my way into web design and graphic design at the same time that eventually web design just, just took over for me. That's fantastic. That's I, I think that story is great. You know, cabinet maker, you've got to, you've got to have a, like a certain skill set and, and, a delicacy along with some brute force as well. You know, cabinet making is is incredibly hard work. You know, I get that. But you've got the design, you have the design skills and you, t- you turn those into merchandising for your band. You know, we've got a friend of the show, Vito Pelleg, who's in a rock band. You know, it seems to be quite common. Musicians have gone into the web design world. And I, that's and why I you, said, that's why I said I really felt like I was, sure. it was an awkward and weird path. But come to find out, you know, a decade later, a lot of really professional web designers and awesome creatives come from a musician background or a completely different industry. Yeah, it's a career. It's a creative thing. So it's it's it. Uh, what I want to know, and it is, this isn't one of the questions on there because I didn't know you were a cabinet maker before today. To be honest, I've read your your blog blogs and everything. I didn't really focus on that bit. <laughs> and the transition from design to web. Do you think that helped you that you had a creative gene in your body so that you could actually visualize what you were building whilst you were building it? If if you know what I mean. Definitely. I think my experience being a cabinet maker and being a musician helped me dramatically in web design because it is something that's creative that you see, but you also have to be really good at planning it. And I think this is where a lot of creative struggle is. They can think about the design and stuff and they can do it, but when it comes to strategy and SEO and content and all the other aspects of web design, um, a lot of creatives struggle with with that end of things that I've found, which is one reason I'm really passionate about helping people with those other aspects as well. So yeah, I think it's a great point, Andrew. I think being a cabinet maker taught me, all, it also taught me about deadlines. Like I had to build this cabinet by Friday. Um, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. You got to get it done. So I think both of my previous life experiences helped me in web design for sure. Sure. Yeah, that's that's great. So maybe you can give the tribe a couple insights because you run your agency um, for quite a while and it was very successful. What do you, what are two, one or two insights that you wish somebody had told you when you were starting off your agency, that would have helped you a lot if you had known somebody had told them to you? I think I felt pressure to do what everyone else was doing 
early on and I struggled with imposter syndrome majorly early on. And I know every web designer does, but I had colleagues in my local area. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, which is a very, very underrated city in, in the States as far as mm-hmm. um, our economy. I mean, I kind of call us the little Austin because we have a lot of technology companies bustling downtown. And I say that to say I had some colleagues who had offices downtown and had growing digital agencies. And I felt like I should do that. I felt like I should have an office downtown. Later on, as I got going in my career, I became more myself and I realized I actually don't want that. I didn't want overhead. I didn't want a team of 12 people. All I wanted was freedom to work from home and to do my projects and to, to scale and grow at the, the pace that I felt comfortable with. So if I could go, and it took me a few years to get to that point to understand that. So I really became the agency that I wanted about six years into my business, which I didn't scale a huge agency. It was just a small team. It yeah. was me and a few subcontractors, but that was perfect. That's exactly the, the pace of life that was good for me and for my clients. And that's how I ended up growing an online community. And then i um, happy to talk about how I segued into teaching from there as well. So a quick follow-through question before the next question. Um, so I think I've got two things from that. First of all, um, be mindful of your fixed costs, um, having office and having 12 people, blah, blah. All sounds good, but in the end, that's just fixed cost and will result in sleepless nights. And second, uh, you've got to really find know what you're looking to do and find your own path to some extent, not follow other people. Would I be right about that? That's it's, that's a perfect way to sum up that little segment. Yeah, absolutely. Right, over yeah, to you, brilliant. Andrew. I mean, so what do you think? You've you've obviously transitioned from agency i mean i'm i'm going to ask you and don't answer yet but i'm going to ask you whether you've actually retained some clients but what do you think you know while you had your agency and while you were transitioning into being the online um tutor and guide and mentor and all that kind of stuff for your current audience what do you think the hardest couple of lessons were you know both in your agency and while you were transitioning into really what you're doing now which is a very transparent honest um teaching kind of situation that you're in you you announce how much you earn i saw i saw on a podcast the other day which was amazing lots of these these gurus out there they say yeah earn a six-figure income you actually tell us what those six figures are you know normally it's between you and the tax man but so what do you think the hardest lessons are and, and why did you decide to really be quite as transparent as you are? Well, I think, so I feel like that's kind of a two-part question, Andrew. I sure. think the first part, as far as the challenges of of my agency and growing um, my small team was moving from a solopreneur to a small team. And that's very common. It's it's a whole different style of, of business when it's all you and everything's about you to building a small team. Additionally, I really had to kind of rein myself in because with web design, there are so many things you can do. You could do all the things. You could do the design, the development, the coding. You could do the copywriting. You could do the SEO. And then I was also doing graphic design services for a while too. So I was doing branding and logo. I mean, I had like 37 services. And then I realized I have to reel in 
what I'm really good at. And I, and I think what I learned to do is to, I know it sounds corny and cheesy, but you do have to find your superpower and you just sure. need to figure out what are you good at? What do you like doing? And what is a big need for your clients? And then just focus on that main thing or just a few main things and make those your, your primary services. So once I did that, that's what really helped me grow my business and be able to scale. Yeah. And then I started teaching. Uh, and then it's interesting because the teaching thing came around. Actually, it's so funny that you're in this interview, Andrew, because my the first product I ever sold online in the Divi community was through your marketplace, Elegant Marketplace, sure. probably sure. what? Six, five years ago, maybe four years ago, maybe five or six years ago. Yeah, had to yeah. be had to be seventeen. Yeah, I think seventeen. One, one of our one of our first vendors. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so I started. I, I always had a knack for teaching. I always enjoyed it. Um, I was a part of a local uh, community high school after school program here in my local area for media students who are interested in design and stuff. And I found that I had a knack for teaching kids, but I didn't necessarily want to just work with one kid at a time. I wanted to teach at scale. So um, I ended up finding out that the the content manager for Elegant Themes, the creators of Divi lived here in Columbus, Ohio as well. So I just asked, yeah, Nathan. So I asked him for coffee and told him what I was up to. And he was like, dude, Josh, you have a really cool perspective with your clients. And I think at that time, I had been doing my business for about seven years. I was already at six figures and starting to scale. And he asked if I'd be willing to share some of that on the Elegant Themes blog as a blog author. So Mm -hmm. I was like, heck yeah, that's how I got my in with with Elegant Themes. And I started writing on that. And then that's when the teaching bug really bit me. And then I started creating some layouts based off of uh, page templates that I created. And that's how, Andrew, I uh, ended up getting connected with Elegant Marketplace. And I think you had messaged me and you were like, Josh, have you ever thought about selling this for like you know 10 20 I know, bucks I'm well i'll just ask uh, anyone to do but I, it was it was a good it planted the seed for me to realize like wow you know like i learned and this was a different phase of uh, of my business mindset i learned that i could show people how to create this and a lot of people would just do that they would create it themselves but there was a whole nother market for people who wanted to save time and would just buy a $10 layout and then one click install it and then boom, there you go. Sure. Um, so that's what really changed the, the game for me going from agency owner to suddenly getting into this world of product creator and teacher. Yeah, that's fantastic. Before I've got one final question before we go for a mid-break, Josh. Um, bit of a downer, but I think we all learn from our mistakes the most. We probably don't think that way when they're happening though um when you were running your agency you know what were some of the one or two biggest mistakes that you made that you learned the most from which you could share with the tribe if you're willing to do that sure happy to well i um let me give you two. I have kind of a funny one and a more serious one. The funny one is when I started my business, because I was in the band world, I put everything I did on my first business card. You can actually see this business card if you want. You can go to joshhall.co joshhall.co slash business card. Because I was in the band world, I was also doing drum lessons on the side. And I thought it would be a really smart marketing move to have web design, graphic design, and drum lessons all on my business card. So my first business card, and literally, again, you can see this if you want to see it, joshhall.co slash business card. Um, it said drum lessons on there. When I started getting real clients who were like construction businesses or local businesses, they liked me and they were interested, but they were like, why do you have drum lessons on here? And then I, it dawned on me like, wow, I need to like keep my services 
to this industry. Uh, so I learned that early on. I also, the second part, uh, I think a big blunder that I had early on is I just kept my rates so unreasonably low for way too long. And I know that's really common. And a lot of my students who I teach nowadays who are early on, um, they're just afraid to charge more. And I understand you can start lower, but you really do need to start making sure you raise your rates at your level as quickly as possible. And what I found out was when I bumped up my rates from $1,000 on average to like three or $4,000 for sites on average, the same amount of clients were still paying me. So I was kicking myself for two or three years for undervaluing myself you know, two or three times um, what I could have earned those first few years. So um, I guess to, to sum that up, articulating my services and having services that were way outside of what I should have on my, on my card and in my services, and then just keeping my rates too low. It really did some damage for me early on. But it was, you know, like you said, Jonathan, I live and learn. I learned from it. And now I teach people not to do that. No drum lessons on your web design card. Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why they should join, join you, really. Because uh, um, on reflection, wanna, just to wrap up before we go for a break, Josh, um, I'm not, I wasn't, let's say I wasn't, because um, I've changed my attitude a little bit. I'm a, I'm a slow learner, though. It's, it's taken almost tw- over 10 years. I think joining um, masterminds and joining um, a group led by somebody that's been in your shoes that you're trying to go is a really good idea. Um, obviously, you've got to be a bit careful which one you choose but that's like anything in life isn't it you, you got to do your due diligence haven't you but um i think it can really save and i used to be quite negative about joining such groups and that but my attitudes changed so i think somebody looking to be a web designer they probably could get enormous value by joining your some of your offerings uh, um so Um, We're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments. We're going to be delving in a lot of subjects with Josh. It's been a great interview so far, and I've got my great um, co-host with me, Andrew. We'll be back in a few moments. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alimator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Are you a creative WordPress agency with a design focus? But are you looking for a great quality development partner, a technical development partner that really knows everything around WordPress and can help you with complicated build-outs? Well, I've got a fantastic solution and partner here, Hustlefish. 
Now with Hashelfish, they've got many years experience in helping design focus agencies get superb results with very technical and complicated WordPress build outs. If this sounds like the partner that you need, go over to hasslefish.com and book a free consultation. They'd be delighted to help you. We're coming back, folks. Um, want to point something else out? If you want to get the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, and you should, um, all you have to do is go to the WP Tonic slash newsletter and you'll be able to sign up for it. And what will you get for signing up? Well, you get an editorial for me about anything that's going on in the world of WordPress and tech, plus the panel's Friday show's recommendations straight into your inbox. That's useful. Please sign up and join us. Um, so, Josh, um, what do you think are some of the most important factors for somebody who's looking to start a web design business in 2022? I think the landscape over the past couple of years has really changed in a quite a dramatic way. I don't know if you agree with that statement. And if you do, what have some of those changes be? And like I say, what are some of the most important factors that somebody should consider when they're thinking of going down that road? Only small questions, Josh. No, I do. I agree. I think it's changed dramatically. I I think obviously the pandemic has changed a lot about how businesses do things online. Well, first of all, that's changed the need for online web developers and designers. I mean, we, and this is one reason I'm so passionate about teaching. There is more opportunity now in web design than ever before. And I feel very confident over the next 10 to 20 years plus, it is going to just be like the growth for web designers and the need for web designers is going to be off the charts. Now, That's really exciting, but it also comes with another challenge. And that is what kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier. How do I kind of reel myself in and focus on what I want to do? Because again, the problem is I think nowadays, the more specialized you are in one area, the better chances you have of of really making a good six-figure income as a web designer or as as a small team. If you do everything and you're not very good at everything, it's 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 going to be a little tougher to to beat your competition or stand out with clients and do a really good job. Where if you really focus on a handful of things that you're really good at, I think it's really going to expedite the journey for a lot of folks. So I think nowadays the opportunity is bigger than ever. That is huge. I think another part of this number two here would be to, again, solidify the services that you're really good at, that you like doing. If SEO is just terrible to you and you hate it, then partner with somebody. Don't do the SEO aspects or just do the basics and partner with somebody to to take the rest of that while you focus on design or uh, client management. The last thing I'll say too that I think is really, really important nowadays is the more personal you can be with clients, the better. And not only will this help build the the old-fashioned no like, and trust that all clients want, um, what I've found is clients nowadays really just want a person to be their web web guy or web gal. It kind of, I mean, I don't know when you guys got into web design, but there was this term in the like late 90s called webmaster. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of coming back around. I really feel like the, there's a dawn of the webmaster again to where 
clients are so burned out with uh, digital agencies and they're so leery of, of what web designers for whatever reason, rightfully so sometimes. If you can be a trusted web design partner, their webmaster, you can literally have a client for life. You can have a client that's with you for years. And there's all sorts of value you can provide for them to, to get paid over and over and over again. The really cool thing about that is if you know your services and you get really good at a few things and you become that trusted person, now you don't have to get a new client every week. You can have a couple dozen clients and make six figures just by really working on the customer relationship with these you know, 20-some clients. That's one thing I'm really working on with students. Um, and one thing I regret doing is I often work with one project and then said, okay, nice website, see you later. I wish I would have just kept on working with them and kept that relationship going, kept on offering value and then have recurring services that you can offer because it's, well, you, as we you have a, you have a course on that. Now you you have a course on recurring income, you have, or you had a course, you, you know, you yep. put it out quite a while ago. And I think what um, we've all become aware of in the, in the web mastery world, if you like, is that if you, you can host a website, you can do some technical stuff. You can, use other white label services to actually run your business for you while you're down the beach surfing or on the on the mountain skiing or just sunning yourself whatever and i think what you i mean i what what i'm interested in knowing about you and your courses i mean i'm looking at your i've been looking at your personal brand over i mean we've known each other for years now but i've seen i've seen an increase in the in the polished personal brand of josh hall now that you know from the from the stuff that you've got on your microphone, you've got a little box there, you know, like a like a TV mic and everything like that. From the it's called a the, it's called a mic flag, by the way. I had no right. idea what this was called. It's called a mic but flag. Did I now? I do. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. educating this very old man. But the point <laughs> is, is that is is where you were saying you become the like, trust, and know people, the the webmaster people. It's all about the personal brand as well. Mm -hmm. So within your within just looking at you and looking at your growth as a teacher and a and a a person that is making six figures plus from your courses. One I want to know is how many people have you taught to to do your um to, to do the job that they want to do. What's the feedback that you're getting? Do these people come back and want more on even on a mentoring or coaching level? Yeah. And um, how do you actually personally feel about teaching literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people how to do what you used to do and product oh, I, the business? I, I love it. I mean, I, what I'm doing now, basically, I've created this coaching business as if I were to coach you know, Josh from 10 years ago. Because I know, I remember very vividly those first few years. I remember all the challenges I had, all the struggles I had. And I knew all the courses that I wish I would have known about and all the type of stuff I just needed to know to, to get going in web design fast. Sure. That's what I do now. So I really, I am, I'm coaching, you know, myself from, from 10 years ago. So I think that I, being that I had been in the industry for well over a decade, um, that really gave me all the content I need to, to help people do the same thing. So I love teaching at scale. The other thing I love about what I'm doing right now is I love being in a global tribe. Um, I never looked at a world clock until I started teaching people all over the world. Now, my world clock is the first app on my phone because now I know when, like I know that Australia is about to go through a time zone uh, change. 
I never knew that before, but because I have members in my coaching community, I know when our calls are going to change. And it's really cool. You get to know other cultures. You get to know other personality types. Um, there's a big difference with how people sell in the UK often versus how we sell in America. So it's pretty fascinating. I, I absolutely love that. I feel like I'm, as, as a, an uncultured you know, boy from Columbus, Ohio, uh, it's it really expanded my mind with, with people and personality types. So I love that aspect of it. Um, as far as my business model, to your point, Andrew, I realized something that was a big problem for me when I started doing courses. I started creating a suite of web design courses that range from design to beginners courses to SEO, CSS, and then some business courses, one on maintenance plans, like you mentioned, which uh, is recently revamped. It's a 2.0 version now. Nice. But I had one big problem. I would, have core, I would have students go through them. They would get amazing results. They would share that with me. But then they would disappear. And it was no fault of their own. But if you have a one-off program, they just disappear. And unless they were engaged with me in social media or if, unless I personally reached out, if they had left me a testimonial or something, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know how stuff was going. So that's one thing that led me to create a coaching community, a premium community where people can get personal coaching from me and we can have this awesome uh, online community of web designers. So those are the two main aspects of my, of my business. Now I have my courses, which are all lifetime access programs that are deep dives into certain topics. And then people can go one course at a time if they want. They can get all my courses in a bundle. And then ideally, they join my coaching community for coaching with me. And they get into this awesome web design community. And that's that's my big passion right now. And that's what I'm really ramping up here in 2022 is, is the online community side of things. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to respond to some of the things you said at the beginning of your answer, Josh, in the bonus content. But I've got one final question before we wrap up the podcast part of the show. Um, what's your thoughts about WordPress in general and how it fits in? Is it still, do you feel, the main tool that web designers utilise? Or has its position deteriorated with the increase in SaaS projects like Squarespace, Duda, and when it comes to e-commerce, Shopify, where do you see WordPress? Is it still the core technology for the lot of the people that you're helping and consulting? Yeah, it's a great question. We were just talking about this last week, actually, on, on our weekly Q&A in my community. Um, I think the latest stats, and you guys might know this. I know there's a few different sites that uh, report the stats of WordPress, but isn't it about 40, in between 40 or 46%? Latest 43%, and Elementor is 7.1% of that, just to let you know. <laughs> okay, so so WordPress is still, you know, closing in on half the, the main sites of the internet. I, I think WordPress itself is still, yeah, the main tool that most people are using, and I still think it's, you know, going to be that way for a long time. However, over the past probably two years, I have seen a big influx in people using Squarespace and Shopify and Webflow is also seeming to pick up a lot more traction. Um, now, what's interesting about this, though, is when I started teaching, I was so heavenly in, uh, heavenly into the Divi community that I really didn't know anybody outside of WordPress and Divi. And I just stuck right there. When I launched my podcast, which is more of a broad web design show, I think that's what really branched me out into the realm of just 
more web tools. And I have a YouTube channel now that is not Divi centric. I still have a lot of Divi tutorials because that's what I use. Jonathan, I know, you know, you love Divi. So that's why I create Divi, Divi <laughs> tutorials for folks like, uh, but, uh, I, I think I say that to say now I'm doing content that is. I just- actually love. I love it, Josh. It's 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 paid for my car, my holidays. There we go. Um, yeah. So now, so I'm, I think I'm in short. I think I'm branching out into more web design general kind of things where different tools. It doesn't really matter. I, it's kind of tool agnostic. However, that's it's a good point. Even that you know we're joking about Divi, but. There has been a big influx of Elementor users and Oxygen users and different themes rather than just Divi. I, I, do, I do see that. I see a lot of my students who are still primarily Divi, but maybe they're also using Elementor or a couple other themes. But I will say, word of warning, the more themes you use in your business, the more tricky things get because you have to keep up with these tools. It can be really costly if you're... like. If you just use Divi for all of your client websites, you can have a handful of trusted add-on subscriptions and you're generally good to go. If you're using Elementor and Oxygen and a few others, you may need like, you know, a dozen add-ons for all your different themes and it can get costly and, and a little a little dangerous. So I generally say stick with one to two themes for all web designers just to, to play it safe. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I think the web flow was is is was almost a protest jump from a, a lot of WordPress people. They just went on to Webflow because let's face it, it's a hosted situation. Now Elementor are, are almost going to a, a hosted situation like Squarespace, Wix, Shopify, all those kind of stuff. So, or they're trying to transition into that to be able mm. to monetize the other, the opportunities that hosting offers you. But I think you're right. If you stick with one theme, then you're all good. You know, I know some guys that, have, that, that will only use X theme. That's it. But that's because they know it inside now, and they can they can do everything they do. Do you, just a very quick last question, John. I'm sorry, we're going to run over time on this bit slightly. Can you make it quick? Because I don't want to I'll, make it very quick, and, and Josh can answer it. It's a yes or no question. Do you think you will offer courses on anything other than Divi? I know that you've got. No, your I'm going to stick with. I- as far as technical stuff, I'll stick with Divi, but I am doing courses and content that's just broad-based to where it's theme agnostic. It doesn't, sure. you know, it's just more business principles, web design principles that aren't cool. necessarily to one theme. Yeah, I just don't have the time to learn other themes <laughs> right now. Yeah. That's great. We're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks. And hopefully, I think Josh is going to stay on for a little while. Um, yeah, I'm good. Some, I've, got, I've got a response about what you said about Divi and my thoughts and Andrew, I'll make Andrew laugh. Uh, um, it's been a great interview. You can watch the whole interview plus the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Please go over there, watch the bonus content of this great interview and also um, sign up for the YouTube channel. It really does help the show. So, Josh... How can people find out more about you and your great offerings, Josh? You can just go to my website at joshhall.co. I like 95% of my content is free. So I've got podcast episodes there, tutorials, uh, master classes you can jump into. And then if anyone has any questions, just contact me. You can go through my contact form. I don't get that many emails. So I'm, I'm always going to give somebody a personal response if they reach out to me. So be happy to help anybody out. 
That's great. And Andrew, how can people find out more about what you, some of your thoughts and what you're up to in the WordPress and Divi community? Well, you can get me uh, on Twitter at, at Arnie Palmer, and you can find the Bertha.ai um, Facebook group. It's just, just search for Bertha.ai and you'll find a Facebook group. And of course, you can always find me somewhere on a podcast around the web. <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to say Bertha is one of the most interesting plug-in solutions um, in 2022. And you need to go and have a look at it. Um, that's, I think I'll be nice to hand you there. So uh, Rob, uh, <laughs> there we are. And uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. We'll be back next week. We've got some really fantastic guests in the next couple of months. You're going to be amazed you know almost up to the quality of josh actually um but you're going to be blown blown away by some of our guests that have agreed to come on this show uh um, we'll be back next week folks bye hey thanks for listening we really appreciate it why not visit the mastermind wordpress membership group on facebook and if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.